1: Us hear your lessons for living. Faith is the confidence that whatever God has said will happen. What we're teaching tonight is God's Word. It will happen. Now, notice something very important. The Bible says this Without faith, you can't please God. So that means that God will enable us to have faith. Otherwise, He asks us to do something that's impossible and we can't please Him. And that's not the God we serve. So it is possible to have faith, and God will
0: give us the faith to
1: believe that what
0: he has said will indeed happen. We can never go forward until we let go of the past. If you're a Christian, it's not a matter of if, but when Satan's going to try and direct your eyes back to past failures. Today, Pastor Mark reminds us there isn't anyone alive that hasn't made numerous serious mistakes. We have a few choices. We can allow Satan to bring us down, or we can let it go. Don't forget, if you want to do life right when you begin to gain perspective about what's important, the focus you want to have isn't here on the troubles of this world, but rather a heavenly, hopeful focus. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of today's broadcast. Now let's join Pastor Mark in the book of James, chapter 1, verse 22, for our continuing study entitled, Better to See You.
1: Every one of us have areas that we're weak in. You know what they are. I probably don't know yours. You know them, and you have to set them aside. And run the race with perseverance, the race that's marked out for us. Verse 2, let us, as a church, as a group, as Christians, fix, focus, single purpose, our eyes on Jesus The author, the perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame, and now has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Jesus is the author. He's the pioneer of our faith, our race. He ran a race that was set before him. He gives us an example of how to do life. We're to look at His holy life, His perseverance, His relationship with God, the Father, and we're to fix our eyes, it means, on anything that would distract us. You see, Jesus' goal, ultimate goal, is to go to the cross and get back to heaven. My goal is to take as many people to the cross, unbelievers, and get to heaven. That's what I'm trying to do. With God's strength. So I have a goal. So Jesus said, for the joy that was set before him, he kept his eyes on the goal. And people would say to him, well, you need to do this, you need to do that. And Jesus would say this, no, I only do those things that the Father told me to do. He had a purpose. A lot of good things in the side. Remember one day, we talked about it a few weeks ago, maybe a couple months ago, all these people, and Peter said, hey, let's come back to Capernaum here. All these people are waiting for you. And Jesus said, no, it's a good thing to do, but I'm going to the next town. That's where God told me to go. So he left some good things behind and went to the best things. It was mature. He kept his, didn't allow distractions to keep him from following God. Now, you say, well, Pastor Meyer, it's look to Jesus. I mean, you have a picture for us or... How do I look to Jesus? Well, that brings us our second point. Look to the Word. You see, Jesus is in heaven. We can't see Him with our eyes. So how do we look at Him? Well, we look through the Word of God. Psalm one nineteen eighteen 18 says this, Open my eyes that I might see wonderful things in your law. Uh, go to the book of James. It's right nearby, James chapter 1. You see, we're to ask God... To focus our eyes. In other words, when we're looking, we want our spiritual eyes to be open to see, as we're reading Scripture, what the example of Jesus is. You see, if you call yourself a Christian tonight, we're to be Christ-like. So I'm to look and see the principles that are in the Word of God and go, well, this is how I'm to focus on, this is what my eyes are to do. Now, when you look at the Bible, it's like looking in a mirror. Look at James chapter 1, verse 22. Do not merely listen to the word, speaking to all of us here tonight. And if you do, what do you do? You deceive yourself. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word of God but does not do what it says is like a man who looks at his face in the mirror and afterward looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. But the man who looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues to do that, circle those words, continues to do that, not forgetting what he has heard, but circle it, doing it, will be blessed in what he does. I've written for you in the overhead what David said in Psalm 119, Turn my eyes away from worthless things. Preserve my life according to your word. So when we read the Word of God, we see Jesus. You see Jesus all through the Bible. Obviously, in the Gospels more. But you'll see the people in the Old Testament and the New Testament, Old Testament pointing to Him, the New Testament pointing back to His life. And you'll see those principles. And we're to keep our eyes on Jesus. He's the one that took the race as man, as God, finished it perfectly. That's the example we want to look at. So if you're not into the Word of God, obviously you're going to have a difficult time having your eyes being focused on the goal. If you go to a church that doesn't teach the Word of God, it's very difficult. And by the way, that's exactly what Satan wants us to do. He wants us to take our eyes off of God's perfect Word because it tells us how to do life. Put them on ourselves, political, whatever. No, we keep our eyes on the Word of God. Number three. Not only we do we look to Jesus, not only do we look to the Word, but number three, we look ahead and not behind. Turn to Philippians chapter 3. Jesus says this as you're looking, and I have it for you on the overhead. Luke 9, 62. No one who puts his hand to the plow and looks back is fit for service in the kingdom of God. Look at Philippians 3, 13, 14. Paul speaking. Brothers, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. In other words, I haven't arrived yet. I'm I'm still striving for the goal, still trying to have the right vision, still trying to look at the right things. But one thing I do. You can write about that, single purpose. One thing I do. Forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead. I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Just write this statement down somewhere in your Bible. It's very important. We can never go forward until we let go of the past. We can never go forward until we let go of the past. Often in a Christian's life, Satan wants to direct our eyes back to past failures. We've all failed many times. Paul, who wrote this, remembered back to the days that he was imprisoning Christians, some of them probably killed. I imagine often Satan said to Paul, well, it's nice that you're doing good things now, but what about the past? What about the days that you were wrong?" You killed, what about those days? So what does Paul write? Forgetting those things that are behind. In other words, I can't do anything about them. I have to now press forward. There isn't a person here tonight that hasn't made numerous serious sins and mistakes in their life. Now you can either allow Satan. Notice Jesus says this. Anyone that puts his hand to a plow and if you're going to do a plow in those days, again, you're going to have an old dunk in front of you, and you got to put your hand down on it. And you, and you just had to do this to have a straight furrow. You had to keep focusing ahead. Now, anybody that tried to do this, and people distract you from behind, you know exactly what would happen. Just be like painting our road today. If you go out and somebody's painting in the middle strip of the road, somebody goes, Hey, George, how you doing? Oh, how you doing over there? Whatever. And you would have a road like this. You say, well, would that matter? Well, it would if you're driving could be very dangerous. Well, in those days, certainly it affected the way they had their crops. So Jesus says, you can't be going for it in life and always looking over your shoulder, allowing Satan to bring you down because of your failures. Some of you tonight need to let go of the past. You say, well, I let go of it, but Satan brings it up again. You have to keep letting go. Now, when you let go, then go for it forward. Forget the past. You can't do a thing about it. Just leave it in the past. You see, when Peter was in this boat, the storm came, and Jesus was out there, and Jesus said, hey, Peter, come on out. He did fine as he kept his eyes on Jesus. But when he looked down, he left. So you keep your eyes on Jesus. Don't go back to the whatever it is. The alcohol, the drugs, the divorce, the whatever, whatever it is in the past that the enemy's holding over your head. Just tell him, I've asked God to forgive me. He has forgiven me and I'm going for it. Go forward. You can't look behind you. You have to go forward. The next one tonight, number four. Look in faith. Look in faith. Turn with the Revelation, last book of the Bible. Faith is the confidence that whatever God has said will happen. What we're teaching tonight is God's word. It will happen. Now notice something very important. The Bible says this, without faith, you can't please God. So that means that God will enable us to have faith. Otherwise, he asks us to do something that's impossible and we can't please him. And that's not the God we serve. So it is possible to have faith. And God will give us the faith to believe that what he has said will indeed happen. 2 Corinthians 4, I have it for you on the red verse 18 says this, So we fix our eyes, not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. You say, well, wait a minute, what does that mean? For what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. Here's what that means. In life, when we begin to have a focus about what's important, all the different things in life, the focus you want to have is not here. If you focus this week, listen, on a report you got from the doctor. It says there's no hope. You're going to have a bad week. Do you know we'll all have those weeks coming? We're all going to get those reports. There isn't a person unless you're killed in a car accident or whatever, and that'll be some other report somebody got. We're all going to die. The goal is not here. The goal is where? It's heaven. Jesus sitting at the right hand of the Father. That's where we're going tonight. Turn to your neighbor and say, I'm going to heaven. Go ahead. Encourage him. Did you like that? Take a look at Revelation chapter 21. Verse 1. I want you to think about this. This is where we're going, guys. This is where we're going. Revelation 21. This is where we're going. Listen. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and there was no longer any sea. I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down to heaven from God, prepared as a bride, beautifully dressed for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Now the dwelling of God is with men, and he will live with them. They will be his people. God himself will be with them and will be their God. Look at verse 4. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain, for the old order of things has passed away. He who was seated on the throne said, I am making everything new. Then he said, Write these down, for these words are trustworthy and true. Faith means that you believe what I read. Faith means believe that that's where we're going. One day all tears will be removed. There'll be no sorrow. Now, I know some of you are saying, well, how can that be? If I know loved ones that haven't gone to heaven, but they're in hell, how can there be no pain? How can there be no sorrow? How can every tear from their eye be washed away? Here's how. I believe God removes the memory of those people. The reverse is also true. Those of you that don't go to heaven, that go in hell, your memory is not reversed. It's full on. And you'll remember the times that a loved one a friend, a coworker, a pastor said to you, "Hey, look to your future. Consider it, because you're gonna die. Now that's a miserable thing, because you will be alone with your memories for eternity. The sad ones that we have will be wiped away for those of us in heaven. Here's the fifth key. Turn with me to John four thirty-five. Not only do we look in faith, but we look for the lost." And I want to challenge you this week and next week about this. You remember our story last week. In John chapter 4, you know the story well. Jesus was sharing with the woman at the well. She had a very sinful sexual past. Jesus gave her a brand new start. She could start brand new. He didn't go back to her five marriages. He didn't go to the person she was living with. He just took her right where she was. He says, put your hand to the plow and let's go. Forgetting those things are behind, let's just go forward. She had a brand new start. Well, we remember that then the disciples came up, they came from town, and she went running back into town to tell all the people, I mean, she went into town, and she went down the roads in the town or whatever, and she said, come meet a man that's told me, oh, come and meet this man. This guy is incredible. I mean, he, told, he knew how many people I have married. He just gave me a new start in life. This is the Messiah. This is who we've been waiting for. Well, you can imagine, and I want you to imagine this tonight. All of you wearing white. Some of you with turbans that were white. The disciples sitting there with Jesus at the well, looking out over the field, seeing these people, 50, 100, 200, I have no idea, 1000 coming out of the town in white to Jesus. And look what Jesus says in verse 35. He says this to his disciples. Do not say, Four months more, and then the harvest. He says this, disciples, open your eyes and look at the fields. They are ripe, the new King James would say they are white, on the harvest. What is Jesus saying? He says, disciples, while you were caring about the food, I was caring about the job God gave me to do. Yeah, we're to eat. But the focus, the single focus of my life are hurting people. Another time he says to his disciples, look, they're sheep without a shepherd. They're lost. They don't have a clue. They need help. You see, tonight he was trying to say to his disciples, hey, look. And all these people with the white were coming. It was after fields. He wasn't talking about the natural fields. He was talking about the spirit. Oh, he was talking about all those people coming and saying, they're searching. They're searching. They were made for God. They've lost God. Somebody gave them good news that they could maybe get a brand new start. Look, guys, don't say some other time. Today is the harvest. What is he saying to you and I tonight? He says, open your spiritual eyes. You say, well, Pastor Mark, I mean, is that really our responsibility? Yes. That's why we're here. How do people come to our church? How do people know about salvation? One way, by us having our eyes open to see the spiritual need. We need to look to the end of your life. The verse Proverbs 15:3 says this. You don't need to turn to it. it says this. The eyes of the Lord are everywhere, keeping watch on the wicked. And the good. That's a very simple verse in the Old Testament that gives you a picture of as complicated as it gets. Every person in this room tonight is either wicked or good. Now by wicked, we just mean sinful. You were born with sin. You have sin, and your sin separates you from God. If you don't do something with your sin, it's over with. So Christian, let's go back. Three things I want you to think about tonight. Number one. You as a Christian, don't get sidetracked. Just don't get sidetracked with things. Keep your eyes going forward. Second, as you're keeping your eyes going forward, don't allow your heart to get hard for the lost. Man, realize how hurting people are. And third, in the book of Matthew, it says, pray to the Lord of the harvest that he'd send workers. You know who those workers are? Hmm. You, me, me. See, he was trying to say to his 12 disciples, it's your responsibility. Come on. I was sharing with somebody this week, and they were telling me, and it was incredibly sad. They were giving me a history of three generations in their family. And they went back through their family, and they were just sharing the individuals. I really didn't know them, but they were just sharing the individuals, and they brought me right up to speed. Three generations. Three generations. On those generations, there was maybe one or two people out of all of those people they shared with me about that knew God. Everybody else didn't know God, didn't have a personal relationship with God. And as they shared with me the stuff that had been in their lives, is incredible. You see, I just want to say simply to you tonight this. Without God, you have absolutely zero chance to do life right here. It's just going to be a mess. And it's going to be more of a mess. Now, you might have lots of stuff, but it's going to be a mess. I was just with someone recently from one of my old hometowns up in Michigan. And they said that one of the richest guys in one of our towns had a whole factory in all, all over the world. Just committed suicide. I said, say, well, how can that happen? Because he's a mess. You see, without God, we're a mess. You can't do life right. And, guys, Christians, we got to realize it. No matter what you see on people's faces, they're a mess. They're hurting. They're looking for answers. They're sheep without a shepherd. Man, we got to have compassion. We got to open our eyes to see their hurting need. You see, when one generation doesn't have God, then the next generation, the third, I don't know what the fourth generation even look like in those families. It just played in my heart last night as I heard it. It just played in my heart all day today. Somewhere in there, if there could have been a ray of God, could have changed a generation, could have changed the next generation.
2: That's
0: why we're here.
1: And God wants to do it. And it starts with us having single vision. Why we're here. We're going to heaven. No more tears. No more pain. No more sorrow. But before we go, there's lots of pain. There's lots of hurts. There's lots of sorrow. And we have the only answer. It's Jesus Christ. Tonight, some of you here are wicked. You don't know God. Your life will not get any better. Some of you used to walk with God and you've been distracted. You've gone down whatever road. If I took your temperature tonight, you'd be as cold as an icicle. Your heart is not after God. You're playing games with God. That's a very You say, well, I call myself a Christian. It's not whether you call yourself a Christian. It's whether God looks at your heart and goes, no or yes. We need to pray that God will cause us to see people's hearts. And he will open our eyes to see the need. I'm more serious about it today. If you look at your neighborhoods tonight as you go home, white to harvest, everywhere. People looking for answers, and we got it. Comes from prayer, comes from having single focus, and comes from quit fooling around with the past. Just go full on for God.
0: What a great message. Pastor Mark's teaching might be over, but let's not let it end there. Now that you can see straight, get out there and see what you've been missing. Remember, Scripture says that Christians don't fix their eyes on what's seen, but on what's unseen. For what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. See things through the heart of God and you'll discover a whole new world from a godly point of view.
2: Social media is a huge blessing that most of us use every day. We want to encourage you to become our Facebook friend and follow our Twitter feed. At the Facebook page and Twitter feed, we post information about upcoming events, discipleship articles, and encouraging quotes that will inspire you in your walk with Jesus. Log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com
0: Did you know that a heart for God will result in happy, healthy feet? Well, if you didn't, you will when you join us next time on Lessons for Living. Proverbs 4.26 tells us to ponder the path of our feet. What path are your feet on? Are they following God or not? Will the path you're on get you to your desired end? Pastor Mark will provide biblical insight on how to answer these questions and more to make sure you're walking the right way. We wish we had more time today, but we will have to pick up where we left off next time as Pastor Mark continues teaching through the book of Proverbs. That's next time on Lessons for Living.
1: Our eyes have seen and our ears have heard, His word made flesh in a herd. Let us hear your lessons for this.